This is Pursuing Wholeness. We're your hosts, Veronica. And Sean. And y'all, I am so excited because we just had a chance to listen to uh, the, the, I guess maybe like the final draft of our, possibly the final draft of our, our new intro song mm-hmm. for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, made by Life on Flow Music. Um, My brother, Shane McClendon, is the owner of Life on Flow. He actually also produced what many of you may have heard, you know, my theme music for Your Health at the Crossroads. And so he's done it again. He's done it again. So Yeah, and I think he really has captured the essence of what we're about and what this podcast is about with that with that theme music so i'm I'm so excited about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you'll you y'all see you'll see very soon very very soon so my wife is even kind of dancing now <laughs> <clears throat> but yep so here we are y'all it's um we we're, we're excited to talk about today's topic um because it's about us about me and sean sean and i um, it, during the last episode, Sean mentioned something, and when I listened to it again, I realized that I misunderstood what he said, or I didn't quite get the full essence of what he said, and so I wanted us to go in a little more depth today uh, with this podcast. Um, so basically what he said during the last episode was that um, in light of the pandemic, when we really think back over our lives and think back um, just with our marriage, different things that we experienced as individuals before getting married. And then once we became a couple, um, some of our experiences there, how that got us to where we're operating a certain way in the midst of this pandemic. We're just kind of talking about how God is preparing us for things. And we don't even realize that we're being prepared. We think, you know, we just live in our lives. But then when you take a moment, just think, you're like, man, this all makes sense. Mm-hmm. This is not just some random series of events. Like, we we literally have been being prepared for this very moment. So just um, thinking about that before we actually go into what we're talking about, I'm just, it's just like, to me, it's a, it's a reason to not take for granted mm-hmm. Your everyday experiences. Reasons. The reasons that we're here. The reasons that we're here. I don't know any of those words, but it's a feeling. It's not really about the words. It's about the feeling. Sorry. Man, we better. Okay, well, yeah, Sean, um, y'all can see Sean can sing a lot better than I can. <laughs> But anyway, um, we do like some earth, wind, and fire over here. Jeez. But um, anyway, um, but yeah, so just just thinking back, it's like there's there's a purpose for all of the stuff that we're going through and that we're experiencing, the experiences we're getting. So anyway, um, just a, just one thing I think about um, in terms of like before we were even married and just uh, what, bringing us to where we are now. My my strong passion for community i'll try to like give a quick overview so i think it probably started when i was in high school about that time when um i was a part of a group my friend Terea, um her parents were always putting these groups together for children and for youth to like get us involved and i was we formed a group called transformed i think i had to get Terea to help me or my brother 
um, they helped me remember, but it was called Transformed, and we were, like, all about, you know, doing stuff in the community and, like, dealing with crime and violence in our community. Is that um, the group where you were, you were leading the song and everything, the Fred no, Hammond song? I didn't say anything about that. <laughs> Clarice, Clarice. <laughs> you didn't hear it, so you can't even try to mock me. No, but I know I know how it sounds. Like. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, and Terea, do not bring that out. But anyway, um... But yeah, it was not that. That was the singing group called Kingdom Kids. So I'm talking about Transformed. We were an activist organization. Um, so that was like a start. And then when I got into college, I remember uh, one of my professors, he put together this event called the Building the Beloved Community Symposium. And I went more so to support him because he was putting it on. And when I went, I was just like captivated by the concept of building the beloved community. And I think the first speaker for that um, symposium was Dr. John Perkins, who is a civil rights activist and a racial reconciler based out of Mississippi. Um, he also is not just a racial reconciler, like getting, you know, trying to bring blacks and whites together in racial reconciliation, but he also is very heavy in building up communities that I never know what to call them, like underserved communities or just poor communities, low income. He he um, was really big on or is still really big on being in the community and transforming the community from within, um, becoming a part of it, locating there. And so I heard that and I was just like, wow. And I went and to his talk and I bought several of his books and read them and I was just like sold I was like yeah you know when I graduate I'm moving to maybe their neighborhood or some other neighborhood and we're gonna work from within um and even went when I was in law school this was like sophomore year of college got to law school sought him out in his organization went and moved and lived in one of their houses in Jackson mm-hmm. Mississippi mm-hmm. for a summer so that kind of like just just kept putting this community transformation desire in my heart and there are so many other things classes I took in 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 college and law school but then when I um I guess we were in college when um Sean and I we weren't really talking yet but I guess I was trying to like feel him out and see where he was coming from so I gave him one of the Dr. John Perkins books and asked him to read it Mm do you remember what it was called um something with communities I don't know yeah, I think it's like rebuilding at risk communities or something. Or restoring. Restoring, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So check it out, y'all. This was essentially a litmus test for me because I, I believe that, you know, of course, I think that Veronica was just so stunned by my handsomeness and my, my um debonair ways and whatnot. <laughs> and so she knew Of course. Yeah. And then she so she knew that things could be serious so she had to give me a test <laughs> by giving me this book by dr john perkins whom i had never heard of before you know of course i respect veronica i um you know i i was interested you know in whatever she wanted to show me and so i i took the book you know and began to read it and i was like good gracious love man this this is um this is some serious stuff you know essentially like she said you know, I mean, you know, I remember reading the stuff about, you know, building the community. I mean, serving communities. Then it talked about going to the extent of actually moving in the communities and 
and other different kind of things in there. I was like, wow, wow, <laughs> this this is um, I never heard anything like this before. You know, I was like, man, Veronica is um, she's something serious, man. Like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> you know, so it was a little bit. It was the book was slightly intimidating to me, but I try to be kind of open minded because I mean, I thought that a lot of the stuff made sense, even if it was like you know quite a bit beyond what I would have thought about. You know, I thought it made sense, so it was definitely something that was worth pondering. So I read, I read the whole book, you know, and, um, yeah, that's a good man right there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I read the whole book and I don't remember our conversation after I I do remember that Veronica asked me about it. And I remember kind of telling her, you know, I mean, it was definitely very interesting, very, um, I think you might even say challenging or something. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'm sure I said something like that. Um, but I mean, we're married now, so I suppose I must have passed the test you know but um but yeah i already kind of knew that to some degree veronica was very much community minded like serving people you know um in you know maybe more disadvantaged communities and and stuff like that cuz well for one when i met veronica she was the president of this christian organization on our school campus mercy university in go bears <laughs> Um, it was called the the ministry was called Agape, and um, she was all the, God's anointed people evangelizing. Oh yeah, that's right, you know? <laughs> right. And she was um the president that year, and um, it, there's a whole long story that I won't even go into. Oh yeah, we have to say that for another podcast, I guess. Yeah. Um. But anyhow, so I knew that she. I mean, the fact that she was the president, you know, I was like. Okay, you know, she she's the president of this school this organization on school campus and whatnot. That's pretty cool. But then also she was a part of this um she was volunteering at this place called the Powerhouse and making um <clears throat> kinda like more kinda going toward West Macon maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, northwest Macon. But any anyhow, it was like this um place where kids in the neighborhood could kinda come after school and hang out and have something positive to do. And um this is how she spent her time, you know, whereas it seemed, you know, whereas maybe a lot of other people, it seemed, at least in my mind, a lot of other folks our age wouldn't be worried about doing nothing like this. You know, like this is where she's spending her time. It's like, wow. Then she gives me this book by Dr. Perkins. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, good gracious love, man. Like, man, you know, it's, so it was challenging to me. It was kind of almost like, so what you going to do, Sean? You know, and um yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty much that. That kind of helped me to understand more what she was about. It's like a sidebar, but it's funny you mentioned um, the book and then mentioned the powerhouse because we were all at your house that day, you know, so Derek could record that song. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to the powerhouse for some reason. And uh, you made me a little map. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I right. remember just like, he made a map. Like, I was like, I don't know how to get from your house to the powerhouse. And like Sean drew out this map. I mean, it was probably like true to scale. Like, it was oh, just come on like, now, <laughs> no. You know the short streets and the long streets, and I, he was like cross. And I made it there, like from his little map. So this mm-hmm. is y'all. This is before uh, map quest and all that. Like I'm gonna think my phone had internet. I don't know, but um, but yeah. So mm-hmm. that was a cool little thing. To I, I might still have that map somewhere. Um, <laughs> I probably do because I really was impressed by that map. 
It might be inside that book. So that was at know. least that was at least about thirteen years ago. Yeah, that oh, was thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 since you mentioned, shout out to um again Shane, who made our um, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm, who who made the theme music, who's making the theme music for this um podcast, and who made it for your health at the crossroads, and his wife. Both of them are like a creative powerhouse. And um, I anticipate that we'll have both of them on here too one day to kind of talk about the intersection of creativity and wholeness. I actually mm-hmm. already talked to Shane about that. So, okay. so yeah, anyway, there's there's so much. All of our stories are just intertwined. Yeah, um, I mean, it's Sean's twin time. brother. Yeah, he's my twin brother. One, he's one of my closest friends. So Right, so all of our stories about being together and so, so much more is just intertwined that time period you know, at the end of college, um, you know, at least for us, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a lot there. It's very interesting, very magical time. Yeah, it's funny because, like, who would have thought? We were, so y'all, um, for those who don't know, like, so so, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like, it. how do we even, I think, well, like, so Dara somehow found out that Shane produced music and Dara has a beautiful voice, so mm-hmm. she wanted to put her voice on the track. And um, so we went, I was the one with the car. So I took Dara everywhere and I took other folks everywhere because I had a car. And I took Dara to um, Shane and Sean. I I always got so used to saying Shane and Sean, but since my husband, Sean and Shane's house, um, back way back in the day so that she could record her song um, with Shane. Mm -hmm. And I remember... (laughs) being there we didn't think that uh i personally didn't i was surprised um to think about shane even recording music and then um they showed they let us listen to this song that they did with our friend gina um where she was rapping on the song and i was like they like rap music like i just yeah like <laughs> didn't even think they would like rap music or anything like hip-hop or R&B. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know, you know, and, and the thing is, y'all, like, we've gotten that. Me and my brother have gotten that from people. And for some reason, people kind of think that we just kind of sit back with um, ruffled collars and listen to <laughs> classical music and things like that. I mean, I ain't saying nothing's wrong that my dad would listen to it some, so we would hear it too, but I listen to all the music, all the, you know, R&B, rap, I knew all the stuff, you know, and so... You know, she, she didn't, Veronica didn't think that we knew anything about any of that stuff. It's like, oh, come on, man. But yeah, back in those days, I used to actually produce some too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 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 you were the chauffeur. And and um, of course, I was glad about that because I was interested in Veronica back then. <laughs> so it's kind of more excuse to talk. I remember Shane and Daryl were recording and I was talking to you, I think, in, mm-hmm. the, um, in the other room in there. Yep, yep. So... I don't know if I gave you the book on the first time or the second time, but once one of those times, I, I don't know if it was when I gave you the book or later, but you gave me some books oh, that yeah. kind of were, you know, a little more than what I was ready for. So, like, tell tell about those books that you gave me. So, I didn't remember, I didn't even remember I gave them um, to you until you reminded me before this podcast, but... <laughs> One of the books, and I'm glad also that I was actually able to give her something challenging <laughs> to to kind of help her to be like, oh, hold up now. But one of the books is called um, The Bible Cure by Dr. Reginald Cherry. And, um, you know, this health stuff for me, and if, you listen, if you've listened to my, my podcast, You Health at the Crossroads, you've already heard this story because um, I've mentioned it in at least two episodes. But um, 
well, let me talk about what the book was about. The, the Bible cure was essentially kind of linking health concepts to some of what the Bible talks about, you know, um, <clears throat> um, essentially kind of saying, you know, talking about how God really does want his, his creation, his, the people that he created to be healthy. And it also kind of talks about, gosh, it's been so long since I read that book and I don't have it anymore. So I can't remember all the nitty gritty, but I know it had little stories like, right. Of, like where people, people being, being healed. healed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Like essentially, like if some if people were sick and they would pray to God and ask for their pathway to healing, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. then essentially they would be led. Like this doctor, Doctor Cherry, would actually pray with his patients, and then they just kind of seek God and they just sense God's direction to do different kind of things. It could be to take certain herbs you know to to um it could be to you know do certain kind of medical procedures and dietary changes and dietary changes and, and all that kind of stuff just all that stuff working together just kind of recognizing the body is kind of like a um treating the body holistically <clears throat> and um i like that kind of, i like I always like that kind of stuff especially whenever it's like a medical professional that really seems to be um thinking about um, the whole person and treating the person in a way, you know, um, that really like addresses the root of the problem, root of health issues. So that's kind of what that book was about. What was the other book? Well, I... The other one was the body by God book. I think it was more like oh, a yeah. weight, weightlifting mm-hmm. book or exercise book. Mm-hmm. I remember I didn't really read that one. It's, it's, um, much in depth, but yeah, that it... book was pretty good. It was okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other book is definitely more kind of like, mainly more so it kind of addresses like the heart of a lot of the health stuff I had been thinking about up to that point anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like when I read it, I had never even made any connection between faith and healing. I mean, not faith and healing, oh, yeah. faith and like health. Like, of course, you know, we believed in like praying and, um, praying that God would heal people, different things, but not really like that personal responsibility aspect of it um, from the standpoint of like that we can receive guidance from God as to how to heal our bodies through food and um, natural remedies and things like that. Like that that concept was just foreign to me. It's weird to think about that now, but I had just never made that connection. I guess because we don't talk about that in church as much, at least back then for sure people weren't really talking about how God created the earth and he created our bodies and mm-hmm. then he put things in the earth mm-hmm. that would be good for our bodies. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. seems like duh now, but back mm-hmm. then it was like, what? Like mm-hmm. people can, to you know, eat things or, or that God would lead people to do things that would help their bodies to be healed of different ailments. <coughs> so, I mean, we're not like, People who are like, uh, you know, don't believe in doctors or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But there is so much that God put in the earth and he taught us through the Bible and through um, just like things he put in our our psyches and our spirits to lead us to things. He put that stuff here for us so that we can live healthy, holistic lives. Mm -hmm. But for some reason we've made it so like uber spiritual where it's like, we're just not able to see that there are some practical, natural 
things that also are like from God. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing is, and kind of like what you were saying, um, health. A lot of times we kind of think about people who, I don't know, are into exercise and maybe herbs and things like that as just kind of like almost maybe even kind of weird like these health mm, nuts and, especially um, with the herbs and stuff like they on some other stuff right right you know but the thing is it's like again you know especially what i learned over the years is that i mean this is the way that the world was made it's the way that god designed it into the earth so it's like it's unfortunate that a lot of these things are so weird to us matter of fact like to be honest like <laughs> like veronica said i mean we're not against doctors and medicine and all that kind of stuff but i mean it's very very clear that a lot of our medications and things you know often end up being very problematic and causing more issues and we but yet we have no knowledge about any of the things that are more naturally occurring in the earth our grandparents probably did mm-hmm, or even great grandparents our great grandparents but in a lot of cases we lost a lot of that knowledge and so we're kind of like you know then when somebody has the knowledge, it kind of just seems weird and maybe kind of like spooky or something like that. But it really doesn't have to be that way. Or it just kind of seems like, man, oh, they y'all y'all do too much, man. That's too much for me. I, I ain't going to do all that, you know. But um, it's just because we just don't have the knowledge anymore. And, and, and because the way society is formed, you don't really health is an afterthought until you get sick. Right. right. You know, you know, but um, yeah, like. My whole, my whole interest in health has such a long history, um, and I won't go into all the nitty gritty. But basically, um, my dad is always one who, you know, he's a former Marine, and so he he taught me and my brothers to exercise. And we were, you know, doing we were running with him and doing sit ups after we would run, and you know, things like that. He would always tell us, you know, talking about making sure that you you know, get some, get something green in, you know, anytime you eat your stuff, go ahead and get your, you know, get your vegetables in, get your green stuff in, you know, and it's all good, you know, and, um, and then like on my mom's side, my mom was really the one who kind of like shaped me into being a reader of health stuff. Cause she was always kind of getting books and things, particularly health books that were kind of like Christian health books. And um, that helped me to kind of start seeing the connection between there, those two things. And um, even that um, what's that book you always talk about the medical book? Oh yeah, 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 that too, that too. So I don't know if any of you guys had this this kind of book in your home, but my mom and dad had this book, um, from the American uh, American. <laughs> <Sound like her. laughs> don't do it. American Medical Association and um. The book really, the bulk of the book, you know, it t- uh, talked about different kind of diseases and conditions and, um, you know, um, like symptoms, risk factors, treatments and all that kind of stuff. And um, but they also had like this symptom kind of checker part where <laughs> yeah, you had these, um, you know, this, this these bubbles. It'd be like, do you have this this symptom? Yes. Or no, and then depending on what your answer was, you follow the arrow down to the next bubble. And so, but I would actually read that book all the time. You know, it was like what eight hundred and something pages. And I, I, I mean, I, I think I looked at every page in that book. You know, that's where Ava gets that from. 
I guess so. Because she's always our, da- our oldest daughter. She's always studying just whatever book she can find. Like she really, she's really into um, this organic gardening book that we have, and then this mm-hmm. other gardening book called Roots, Shoots, Buckets, and Boots mm-hmm. that um she's been studying. I mean, I she takes like, notes. Yeah, she 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 has a notebook. Nobody told her to do this, no. but she has a notebook. And during like her independent or quiet time, she'll just copy different recipes or like protocols or um, treatments or remedies from the books. And she just copies it into her notebook. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what her end goal is, but I I do believe that we're kind of raising up a little herbalist um, who's going to, she has an interest in using various herbs to, heal different ailments i mean she just be randomly saying like even today she said i really hope we grow some sage so that when we get a sore throat we can make a a rinse from it and and gargle Mm -hmm. and um i mean she can tell you about all that stuff Mm -hmm. um so it's 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 really interesting that that's just the kind of i guess that's the kind of person that comes from you (laughs) i guess so i never thought about that yeah because i used to read that book all the time and so it kind of really educated me on a lot of different ailments and conditions and things. There's a lot of things out there that I kind of find out. You know, I find that I know about them. <laughs> I know pretty well about them. You, you know, it's because I'm a doctor. I probably could have been, but yeah, that's from like I mean, I was reading that book when I was a little kid. You know, up through my teenage years and whatnot. You know, on one hand, sometimes it wasn't good for me to read it because <laughs> it, it would kind of make me be somewhat of a hypochondriac sometimes, to be honest. Shoot. Like, do you feel a tingling in your throat? Yes. Right. And you'd be do just kind of feel... like, oh, Lord. You know, like, and then it'd be like, warning, you need to go to the hospital now. <laughs> and, and you um, really just got, like, some allergies or something. Yeah, maybe you just kind of like, you you maybe drank water a little bit too quickly and it's kind of <laughs> still on the edge of your throat back there. <laughs> so sometimes it kind of like, because I might think about things a little bit too much every now and then and make me kind of lean toward <laughs> My wife is really genuinely laughing here. <laughs> but it had, had me lean toward hypochondria a little bit. But, you know, but we're good. <laughs> even now. <laughs> yeah, maybe sometimes even now. So. You know, I mean, that's why the internet, y'all, sometimes <laughs> stop it. Sometimes okay. the internet is really, really bad because, you know. <laughs> Jeez. Sometimes the internet is bad <laughs> in regard to health stuff, conditions, and all that. Because, I mean, you, some of y'all know you follow the slippery slope and you just be like, man, <laughs> man, I don't know what's going on with me right now, but we're not going to go. Any more into that because we got to record this podcast. <laughs> but any, any, anyway, so um, but then, but you know, so another thing with me though is like I kind of started to connect the dots. A lot of stuff I was reading, and I started to like I knew various people over my life who had died from stuff that was um, you know, like specifically heart attacks. Three, at least three different people died of heart attacks. And I started to understand at some point that heart attacks were um, preventable. In most cases. Yeah, in in most cases. You know, they're kind of related to lifestyle-caused disease. All these people were in churches that I came up in. I think it's worth mentioning, you know, of course, you know, I've grown up in the black church, you know. And so Mm -hmm. it's like so many of us deal with this same stuff. 
Same, and I'm sure some of y'all who probably know, you know, a few people, you know. And so when I started to understand this, and then I would see, you know, it's connected to the way we're eating. It's connected to the way that we, the fact that we're not really moving, you know, and mm-hmm. we live lives that kind of lend themselves toward disease. And so it really kind of started to build up in my heart so much so that so when we when we went to school, I went to I got my education in electrical engineering. So that's like what my day job is in. I'm an engineer, but I had been on a job for a few years and this stuff just burning my heart, burning my heart. And finally, I was like, man, I got to do something. I have to do something with this. Um, And I'm not going to go too much into this because it's kind of like I wanted to get us outside of where we're going. But I was like, I need to become a personal trainer or something like that. So I got a personal trainer education and eventually started a website. Got rid of that website. Your keys to health. Yeah, terrible name. Terrible. I was trying, y'all. You just hear my heart. Just hear my heart in that title, Your Keys to Health. But it was a hashtag fail. So, um, but then I came back with Your Health at the Crossroads. And I've been doing that since what, like, I don't know, 2013 or something like that. It's older than Ava. Oh, yes. It's definitely older than her. And it's like I got over 300 pages and posts on that, that site. Check it out if you get a chance, by the way. <laughs> Your health at the crossroads.com. Right. So, yeah. So the health stuff with me goes really, really, really deep. And, it's you know, it's kind of across the whole span of my life. So with my wife and I, like, that's kind of the part that I more so bring mm-hmm. to the table. And one of the things that I know that God put in me for such a time as this. Right. 2020. You know, coronavirus pandemic COVID-19 mm-hmm. like in that day that 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 day you know like you said 13 years ago when we were exchanging books we had no clue that it would form us those that experience and everything flowing from that would form us into the people that are here in 2020 facing this pandemic and believing that we have something to say and something to do, mm-hmm. ways to act, mm-hmm. to help our people to get through this time. Right. So it's like from the health perspective and then also the community perspective, we just strongly believe that the best that the that we're not going to get through this successfully unless we really grab on to the health message. Mm-hmm. And unless we really rely on community mm-hmm. like th- these things are critical for this time mm-hmm. and it's just amazing to me to think about how we've been groomed for this right yeah just, we did we have and we get to this point it's like for us it's like oh like it just makes sense and so it's just i don't know it's just amazing to me to think about that and so here we are and, and we're trying to we start this podcast for one um, just trying to spark in other people something mm-hmm. that that gets us thinking differently about how we take care of our bodies and also how we pursue and approach community mm-hmm. during this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like like she was saying, I don't want to sound like a parrot, but I mean, we 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 know that we've been set up for this time so just think about it just think about it like even even with the um 
even with the health stuff, so to speak, I mean, for for example, so, you know, in the black community, it just so happens that in the United States, we are being much more affected by coronavirus. Like we're we're having higher incidence incidences of people being severely ill and dying, and dying from mm-hmm. coronavirus. Why? Because of comorbidities, because of type two diabetes, high blood pressure, asthma, asthma, um, other lung issues. Um, you know, we have these things disproportionately. We do, you know, and so it's like it really hits hard because like so many of us are dealing with ill health um, in the black community. And so therefore, yet again, it is kind of like it really kind of like puts on display the disproportionate um, health outcomes, poor health outcomes in the black community. It's like as if as if it wasn't we weren't being hit hard enough, then you get a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's like yet again, we're suffering more than anybody. Yeah, almost, you know. And so but then the other thing, the community piece of it, you know, is like. I think that coronavirus has really kind of like for us, it's kind of like put also on display how isolated we are and how much we need each other, mm-hmm. how much we need each other. Um, you know, like a lot of us are dealing, even introverts like me, you know, you're kind of dealing with not being able to be around people as much. And, you know, it's kind of like, it's hard, you know, I mean, even so much so that to be honest, you know, I mean, after, was it um, Memorial Day or whatever, when everybody kind of started kind of getting together again, kind of mm-hmm. like maybe everything was cool and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And we had all these flare ups and things like that because we're itching to kind of like see people. Mm-hmm. Um, coron- this coronavirus pandemic is really kind of like pointing out to us that, I mean, we need each other, but we also have to be creative about being with each other mm-hmm. you know and um being around for each other you right, know it's, right. you know it's some people it's weird because people be like we're out here struggling we're out here struggling in various ways and we still need each other mm-hmm. you know it's not it's time for us to kind of be different than what we traditionally are like as americans which is mm-hmm. like for ourselves you right. know oh you you good right you good okay good good so i don't really have to do too much or whatever Right. You know, we all we all want to be able to have our own little lives and all that kind of stuff. But we also um, we realize that community is sacrificial. And so this is kind of pointed out. If you're going to really care for your brother, your sister, um, then you kind of got to sacrifice something, you know, especially now to right. to to facilitate community. Yeah. And then on top of that, I think this pandemic is showing us that we cannot rely on the government to take care of us. Oh, yeah, right, We right. cannot rely on our traditional systems that we rely on. Right, Our yeah. jobs, people's jobs are um, shutting down every day. Mm-hmm. Um, people haven't been able to work. The government doesn't have a plan right. for how to help us to stay safe and healthy. 
So it's like we got to kind of take matters into our own hands and come up with new ways of doing things. Right. We got to make sure that our communities are fed healthy foods that are supporting our health. Mm -hmm. We got to make sure that we come up with systems and strategies to educate our children Mm -hmm. and to make sure that no child is left behind, like for real. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm not saying that we don't need the school system because we do, but at the same time, we still have to like be prepared to to fill in the gaps. And I think that through community, we do that. And we also need to figure out, okay, how are we going to make sure people are eating and why they're eating, that they're eating food is supporting their body so that they can be less susceptible to coronavirus. Right, right, And we have to come up with those strategies ourselves because there's nobody. I think I would say specifically with the black community, there's nobody who's really, really looking out for us like that and making sure, you know, why are all these black people dying? Like, what do we, what can we do? Like, there's not really a concerted effort to, to protect us. So we have to do it. Right. We have to come together and figure out our own strategies. We can do it. We just got to change our mindset too often. We're used to mm-hmm. seeing, okay, well, when the government going to come save mm-hmm. us, or mm-hmm. what they going to do and what they got for us. And, mm-hmm. and, and that hasn't served as well from the beginning, but it's definitely not serving as well now. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe that we have to like, we have to like say, this is our community and we're going to take care of our people. We're going to come up with plans and systems and strategies to take care of our people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to work together and get through this thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You remind me when I was on watching the um, music video today with Ava, uh, Michael Jackson, man in the mirror. Um, you know, it was a video showing all of these people all around the world, you know, suffering from hunger and and just various injustices and things like that. You know, of course, Michael Jackson, for those of you, surely most people know that song, except for maybe some young bucks or whatever. But he says, if you want to make the world, if you want to make the world a better place, <laughs> if you want to make the world a better place take a look at yourself and make a change. And the thing is, it's like, even though it's a song or whatever, it's really true. Like you have, we have to look at ourselves and kind of really see, like, we know that things can be a lot better than they are, mm-hmm. but like, what is it? Cause we can't just keep on doing the same thing and expect, well, if I just want it, if I just think about it a whole lot, then it's going to be better one day, you know, or look for, oh, it, you know, it's going to be some people to come up and they're going to do things to make stuff better. Mm -hmm. But it's like you have power and on the inside of yourself to make a difference. And so that's where we are, you know, just kind of like realizing that more and more and knowing again, that we are like, we've, we have stuff in us for this time. And so it's like, okay, so for real, for real, what do we have to do now to go ahead and put this stuff in action? What do we have to do now to like realize the power on the inside of us? Um, to make the difference that we've been longing for, mm-hmm. you know, for years, we've been longing for this stuff for a long time. So it's like either you're going to long and then do, you know, just kind of sit there and just, you know, do nothing about it. In which cases, like you might as well just forget about your longing or you're going to actually answer the call, you know, mm-hmm. answer the call that's obviously there. Um, and I, I'm sure there is people listening who, if you just really kind of think about things you have, you have some sort of story of your own, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like, what's that thing that's like getting on your nerves right now? Really? Like 
pulling at you like, man, like I wish somebody would do something about this. I wish that this would change. If you just kind of take a few minutes and reflect on your past and think, you know what? Maybe I was the one being prepared for this moment to do this thing that I wish that somebody else would do. And like, let's just do it. And let's mm-hmm. support each other along the way as we just step out on faith and do the things that's in our hearts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, if 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 you're somebody who, you know, you know that there's something on your heart that you feel like you need to contribute now that you need to go ahead and like use your gifts for the better betterment of the world, like we'd love to hear from you if you're willing to share. Um mm-hmm. so I mean you can how, how about this? So I do this on my other podcast too. We would love to have you call in and leave a voicemail that we can share on this podcast. Tell us like what you believe that you can actually contribute during this time. Um, but call 478-216-8536. Leave a voicemail. Tell us what's on your heart. Tell us what what gift you have to share to kind of make everything better. And we'll include your comment on this podcast. You know, we're about community. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, you know, we need our community. Now y'all listening, we need y'all to call in. Yeah. We really would love to hear from you. It, it feeds our soul to hear from you about what's on your heart. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Cause we, you know, you know, and, and please don't feel like you'd be embarrassed about hearing your voice on, on the, on the um, show. I mean, it's it's all good. It's all good. The thing is, again, the world needs what you have. Period. Mm-hmm. It needs what you have. So, don't worry about your voice or anything like that. I'm sure you sound great. <laughs> Can you, you know. get that number one more time? Yeah, four seven eight two one six eight five three six. And just leave a voicemail, please. Can I have it limited to about a minute? You know, if you can, <clears throat> just for the sake of time. But yeah. Tell us what's on your heart. Tell us what you have to contribute to the world. Yeah, and I think that that um, is probably plenty for now for this episode. Um, We love doing this. We love just spending this time together and talking to each other and sharing with you all. So we hope that you enjoyed it as well and that you would consider sharing our conversation with someone that you love or someone that you think might be interested in what we've discussed or even someone who you think needs to be pushed into their destiny, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, pushed into who God is calling them to be. Please share it. Please, please share. Please share. We community. y'all. Let's help each other out. Let's spread the word. Let's spread the message and start getting some things done around here. Speaking of spreading the message, I know Sean, you had one thing that you wanted to share from um, your other podcast. Yeah, so please listen to Your Health at the Crossroads. This Now, this podcast will have aired on um, Tuesday. So that would mean that yesterday, <laughs> which should be Monday, um, I released the episode of the podcast of Your Health at the Crossroads where I interviewed a, a local food pioneer, a food revolutionary, K. Rashid Nuri, um, just a, a true legend in urban agriculture who I had the chance to speak to on the podcast and we talk about gardening, we talk about urban agriculture, community gardens, the importance of that stuff during this time, you know, you don't want to miss that. Please take a listen to that. Um, cause it was just an opportunity of a lifetime for me to be able to interview him. I'm really excited about that. So make sure you check out your health at the crossroads. Um, my interviewer, uh, Rashid Neri. All right. Well, y'all take care and we'll talk to you next time. 
All right.